0: Welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. It was yet another home win for the Reds today, who swept aside Nottingham Forest at Anfield. The 3-0 win saw Jota, Nunez and Salah get on the score sheet, but there were some good performances all over the field. However, the win felt a little shallow given the ongoing situation with Luis Diaz, whose parents were kidnapped in Colombia, with his father still missing. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, he'll be home safe and sound. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined today by Dave Usher and Dan Thomas, both of whom were at Anfield today. Dave, from a football perspective, this was a really satisfying afternoon. The lads did a really solid job out there, but obviously our thoughts are with Lewis right now.
1: Yeah, it's a terrible situation. Um, when things like this happen, you always get all these like conflicting reports. And like, I went to the game today thinking everything was fine, and his dad had been found. There was a report like about. Um, mm-hmm. Two of the two were like the kidnappers had been shot dead, and the other two had been taken into custody. And he was going; he was back with his his family, and that. And it turns out that was just complete bullshit, just like not true at all. So you just always have to be so careful, like what you read on
0: social media, and that. Yeah, um, it wasn't even social media. It's the, the Daily Mirror or the Sunday Mirror reported it. Whatever, It's super irresponsible from them. Know, to be honest. They lifted it from social
1: media, haven't they? Because I, I yeah. did see the original. Like tweet that started it, I think, and it it looked like it was from like an account in Colombia and that. So I suppose you just automatically, because it's in another country, you just think, oh yeah, they that must be it. They know what they're talking about. When there's like spoofers everywhere, it's not just like over here where you've got them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I went went to the game actually thinking like that everything was fine, and when it turns out it's not. He's he's still missing. Um, Obviously, he wasn't going to be playing today because as soon as like you find something like that out, the first thing you do, you just jump on a plane home, which is mm-hmm. sounds like what's happened. Klopp, I think we've sent people over there with him, like to look after him. Klopp said. So um, yeah, there's like there's nothing anybody can do at this end except just hope for the best and you know his, his teammates just put on a performance, which you know which they did. Um, mm-hmm. It was an absolute certainty that Darwin was going to score today for his mate. Um, Jot has got the first goal, and then like he's gone and grabbed the shirt and that, which is a nice moment. Um, oh, no, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just terrible. You just have to hope that it, it all, it all works out okay in the end. I mean, I've yeah. just seen like that they're, they're offering like a nine million reward for like anyone who can help get him back, and they've got the army yeah. involved, loads of police, and I mean. I know this kind of thing happens quite a lot, like in that part of the world and in other parts of the world as well, you know, where like, it's kind of, it's a way for them to make money. It's like, well, kidnap people, hold hold, you know, for ransom, um, like famous people, wealthy people, whatever. But what I find like really strange about this is like, you know, if you're going to get some random politician who people either don't like or, you know, aren't really bothered about, I sort of see why. You do that thinking you'll get away with it. But, I mean, Luis Diaz must be, like, the most popular person in Colombia. So mm-hmm. any, like, citizens or anything who, who like, see anything, they're going to want to, like, report it and that. It's like, I just don't know how you think you could possibly get away with something like this. It's just just absolutely crazy, like, that that something like this has happened. It just feels,
0: like, mm-hmm. surreal, doesn't it? And you'd, you'd you'd think Dan that you'd, you'd really hope that in this situation, like in the end, he obviously we can't predict the future, but hopefully he will be okay because, like, the value is in getting the ransom for the hostage and everything. So, <clears throat> although our thoughts go out to him and everything, you know, you, you do hope that everything will be all right in the end, no less traumatic for him and his family. Um, but I thought sort of Klopp, as he tends to do in these situations, handled it really well after the game. He said. Um, how can you make a fo- for football game feel really important on a day like this it's really difficult I never struggled with that it was always my safe space but it was impossible to do that today so we had to give the game an, e- an extra sense this was fighting for Lucho
2: Yeah it's typical Jürgen isn't it, um, it he just always knows the right thing to say um, and you, you can guarantee that the club will be looking after him but it, it's such a, um, it's just a shocking thing to, to happen really You know, it's kind of the thing that you would see in uh, a a television drama or a film isn't it it's just and when it affects your club and your player it's it's even more strange I just hope that um, everything's okay and um, he takes as long as he needs to get his his head sorted and uh, the sooner he's back out the better for him because you you get the feeling that football is his life Um, but yeah very very sad and um, the the lads definitely put on a show for him today and obviously the the celebration was there as well which is nice to see it was clearly planned out um and and good on them for doing so it it's things like that send a real message of unity and strength so that was very good and yeah um i i really feel for him and i hope he's okay and i hope his family are okay
1: especially because yeah. Jota's the one who came into the team to replace him so mm-hmm. it's kind of fitting that it was it was Jota who scored the goal and then went and got the shirt because you know he wouldn't have even been playing if if Diaz had been
0: here yeah he sure did his job really well today um obviously Dave uh, um, our thoughts go out to Diaz and his family and everybody connected with the situation but we move on to the game now and um the Reds did do a good job in Diaz's absence um all three of the forwards got on the score sheet it's kind of what you were hoping for today really a, a comfortable win at home um, no real alarm bells whatsoever. Another clean sheet, although there were a couple of scares when we got a little bit sloppy in the second half. But overall, a really comfortable, satisfying performance that gets us right back up there, at the, challenging at the top of the table.
1: Yeah, um, I thought the first half was really good. Second half, not so much. But I think that with the second half, it was like you know the job was done and we were just sort of seeing out the game went out expending too much energy so it was a little bit flat the second half but first half was good um forest i was a bit disappointed with their approach to be honest i mean it's one thing like coming and defending but i expected a bit more from them like in terms of trying to counter attack and that and i just thought they were they were too focused on defending and within about five minutes like I, I said to John I was like you know what there's no way these are going to hold out playing like this you the, you just it's not going to work you know they they were just too like they had five across the back and and it, but they, they still looked vulnerable even with five across the back we were still managing to get in like everything was down our right hand side it's like how many times did they need to see um Soberslay running beyond Mo and Mo playing him in mm-hmm. and it, it was just happening time and time again and like they they just didn't figure it out. Um, I said in the build-up to this, I said I thought we'd score twice from set pieces today because Forest are so bad defending set pieces. That never happened. But we had, I think we had like four corners in the first half, maybe five. Mm-hmm. We had three headers on on two or three of them, and near misses on the others. And I'm like, they, these just cannot defend corners, you know. So it's we never scored from them today, but you know, could easily have got a couple from corners. It's just. I mean, Forrester just not sorting that out at all. It's been a problem for a while, um, and it undermines like the good stuff that they do. But I just thought, like, I mean, I thought that the striker, um, I thought he was out. I thought he'd be, he was going to be out for a while. But he come on, They brought him on the second half. And I don't know where that Chris Wood was. Was was he injured or did they just not pick him? Uh, it was just He reason. was injured. Right. Was injured. Okay. So and maybe Big they didn't the last day, wasn't he? That was
0: a shame. It was. And you what? guys gutted not to be. Able to- Origi was injured today were you guys got yeah. to see him,
1: yeah, um, yeah, it's a I don't know like what's up with him, but it's you know it's a shame like that he wasn't involved today. would have been nice to he'd have got a great reception, obviously um mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Forrest and I, I thought Steve Cooper just went like full shit house today, but uh, the other lads just coming back from injury, so he probably couldn't start. And Chris Woods is out. Chris Woods out. So, yeah, I, I, I take that back. He, his hands were tied a little bit there. But they didn't offer anything. Um, not until the second half when, when we just dropped the tempo. And the mm-hmm. first half was just—it uh, was a good test for us in terms of like when you come up against the team that's just defending and just getting men behind the ball. Um, I thought we did a good job of. of getting around the sides which is something that we don't always do you know against these teams and it always frustrates yeah. me that we try to go through the middle too much and we didn't do that today we
0: didn't do, that do it very today. well against Everton last week yeah
1: we, uh, until you know. until Harvey came on and, and we upped right. the tempo but before that it was all central wasn't it just everything yeah. trying to go through the middle we didn't do that today we were getting around the sides a lot with, with Dom making those runs Um, you know You've got Trent who could do that, but that didn't really happen today. Trent did like stay central, which is a problem at times because we don't have that width on the right. But we had it today because like Mo was getting the ball, cutting inside, and then Dom's running on the overlap. And time and time again, we just we got in down that side. We didn't really do much down the other side, but we didn't need to. I uh, just thought mm-hmm. like we looked sharp. We played some good stuff. Uh, it was only a matter of time before before we broke them down uh, no point did they ever think this is going to be a long day uh, uh, you know it's going to be going to be hard to break them down i just thought ah, if you want to play like that um you're not going to keep us out just playing that way and they didn't i mean we won 3-0 but that was like third gear at most you know we we, we could have mm-hmm. easily stepped it up if we needed to so uh, all in all yeah just a satisfying performance three more points clean sheet, goals for three of the forwards. I mean, yeah, what, what more can you ask for?
0: Yeah, nothing really. Um, Dan, Dave mentioned Soberslay there again, um, a big part in today's victory. I thought his link-up play with the forwards was great and there's a sort of a, a nice little triangle developing now with him uh, and Moe are always looking for each other. Moe is always looking for Darwin and the chemistry that we're seeing develop between those three players, I think, is it bodes really well for moving forward.
2: Yeah, we look very fluid when we're going forwards. Um, I think t- today you, you saw how good fly actually was because Forest sat in deep, and you know that, that's what they're going to do. That that's how they operate. They're going to come to Anfield if we can nick a draw, great. If not, then you know they just keep the score down. And credit to them, they defended well today. And, I, I loved our patience we just kept you know we stuck to what we believed in and eventually the the breakthrough came and it always was going to as david has said but yeah there's, there's clearly something good brewing um i love swabas ability to just get the ball around the corner he seems to choose his back heel moments very well um probably yeah. better than anyone i've ever seen actually um certainly play for liverpool just knows when to to back heel and when to not and constantly on the front foot um I'd love to see how many you know, what what his his run running was in that game because i i'll, I'll wager it was quite high um he works his nuts off it's it and he's just great isn't he he's just great to watch mm-hmm. um and the, the amount of a bit of times he gets forward we, we've talked a lot on this podcast in previous seasons about midfield maybe not contributing enough goals and he's, he's not scored lots of goals he's got a couple but what, what he is doing is he's breaking from midfield timing that I always call it a Freddy Leungberg run you know he, he's making that, mm. that break forward and one of these days he's going to be in in about 10 yards of space and he'll score a, a great goal but he is good at overlapping getting the ball in and he's set, he set up um, one today but doing that obviously the the tapping for, for Darwin it was not um, a difficult goal in the end and then Obviously, Forrest went full Keystone Cops for the the third goal, uh, but it still <laughs> it still it counts as an assist, an, an assist for uh, for Soberslay. Um I know yeah, you. Yeah, the, the the Aquilani conversation, um, Darwin's assist off the post the other day. like the time Aquilani <laughs> asked the ball to. I think it was Gerrard at Burnley that time. It but was, Yeah. yeah. Um, Sobersley is. Uh, I, I can't remember what what Jurgen once said. I think about um, Mkhitaryan when he went to Dortmund. I think he said that Mkhitaryan fits Dortmund like a bucket under an ass. An something. in a bucket, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and is, is very much that. He he oozes class, and I, I think today you saw just how important he is against the team. where just Forrest had no attacking intent today. And it's it's difficult to criticise them. The only thing I'll criticise them for is the time wasting, because I absolutely despise it. Um, but the
0: goalkeeper that, was really
2: bad early on. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yes, he, he was. But that got knocked on the head when they fell behind. Forrest had got yeah. no strikers. They've, they've had injury problems, and um, they defended well. Full, full, full credit to them for that. They did make our life hard. But once we got the first goal, they had no plan B, and we kind of got on top. And and Dom had a had a, a very strong game. He he always looked like he was going to create something with that little break into the box. Mm-hmm.
0: Dave, um, Dan said like he, he does that really well when he was talking about sort of the Freddie Lundberg run. I'm thinking like what doesn't he do really well? I know. He's just he's just phenomenal and yeah. I, I can't remember, like obviously I'm I'm living away from the UK these days. I have to sort of like i only get back two or three times a year. I can't remember the last time I looked forward to being in the stadium and seeing a new signing as much as I am looking forward to seeing him in December. I've got a couple of games in December. So, you know, as, as fun as it's going to be to be back and see you all and, and be in the stadium and stuff, what I'm most looking forward to is like getting a look at him in the flesh. Not Darwin. <laughs> I had the Darwin experience last year. No, but
1: it's a different experience this year because, yeah. like, he's flying. I saw out.
0: Darwin's first Anfield goal in that game against West Ham. He played really well that night, so yeah, I feel like I satisfied that craving.
1: No, um, Dom's just something else, isn't he? He's just, as you said there, what does not he do well? Because, like, he he can literally do everything. You know, he's two footed. He's quick. He's got like a great engine, great passer, brilliant shot. He can dribble. Yeah. And the defensive side of the game, he does all of that as well. You know, like just the the ground he covers, pressing, getting back, helping, helping out in defense. He's he's just like the complete midfield player, which is funny because he wasn't even really playing in midfield for Leipzig. They played him like on the on the the right hand side, basically like in Mo's position for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But you see him like he just he just runs the game. He's just so good, just like he's a proper Rolls Royce and um he's only going to get better as well it's not like he's he's peaked or anything you know there's there's much more mm-hmm. to come and i think although he's only got a couple of goals and i don't think he's scored in the league as i think the the goals are both being in in cups might be wrong um but i do think that he's like a, a 10 goal a season midfield player as well it's it's not happened yet but you can see he's got that in him uh, mm-hmm. And he might just be one of those who goes on a bit of a run where he'll score like four and five or something, um, because he's getting forward, he's getting shots in, he's a threat, and like he's <laughs> what a signing. It's funny though because like you see what Bellingham did against Barcelona, and like the lads were like we were having a like a a discussion about it, like you know, does it still does it still like hurt that we didn't get Bellingham? I mean, it does, and it probably always will. But imagine how we'd be feeling if Dom wasn't like just amazing. Yeah, he's really like yeah. softened the blow of us not getting Bellingham. It's like, well, you know, but and Gravenberch to an extent as well. Let me
0: you, let me flip that as well. Imagine how we'd be feeling if we signed Mason Mount. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, <of> I,
1: <laughs> I, I never wanted Mason Mount anyway. So me neither, dude. Yeah. I, I, I can I can safely say like I I was not advocating that signing so um mm-hmm. yeah uh, that was like that was a, a I don't even know if it was a bullet dodge because I don't know how serious you we, we definitely wanted them but I think when like the the money uh, became apparent like what Chelsea wanted and what Mason Mount wanted um and we rightly just went nah fuck that and yeah. just left them to to United you know let them overplay. we thought we could
0: take Chelsea to the cleaners and. Because they needed to get rid and raise money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as United came to the rescue with their <laughs> big money bids and um still, still not came the worst. on today and stacked the place out. So.
2: Sorry, Chris. Yeah, it's still Thoughts? not the worst signing United made this summer.
0: Uh, the goalkeeper. Who's that then? The
2: what's goal, his what, name?
1: The goalkeeper, what's his name? <laughs>
2: I'm not falling for that one, Dave. I've played this game, but you've done me with this before. You did me, you did me outside, out the ground, outside the ground with this. Yeah. Um, just, just coming on to something that you mentioned very briefly. Uh, Sly scored against Villa, so he has scored. Right, okay. He's got that left footed. He screamer. didn't have an
1: assist. That's what it was. I read something like, uh, and you've got like your fucking banter merchants on Twitter. were talking about how he, he had no assist or something like that. And uh, I think it was like some fucking dickhead United fan. Um, pointing out that Johnny Evans had an assist or something and Sobber's Lie didn't, and yet we're all going on about Sobber's Lie, and it's like, fuck, do you know what I mean? Like, just just daft, just absolutely stupid and embarrassing. But um, even the fact that he didn't have any assist, I mean, I always say assist is just a bullshit stat anyway. And case in point, like Darwin gets an assist when the ball comes off the post and someone scores. Sobber's Lie... Um, Brighton, he puts that perfect ball across the box and Gravenberch misses from, like, two yards out, he hits the bar. Mm-hmm. Well, what more can Sobberslay do to, to lay on a goal? He can't put the ball in himself. He can only, like, you know, create the chance for somebody else. And if they don't take that chance, he doesn't get credited with an assist. But does that really make any, any difference to, you know, people going, oh, he's got no assist. Well, yeah, but that's not his fault that he's got no assist. It's not like he's not no. creating chances. So... He's got two today, so he's off the mark there, but that's it is, it's such a pointless assist, like a, a pointless stat going on about assists, because there's so many variables in that, which is probably why the nerds have brought in all those other things, like expected assists and um, pass you know, all, all, all Pass before the that. pass. Yeah, that kind of yeah because
0: Dom is a big pass before the pass guy, you know, because he's breaking yeah. from midfield, he plays Mo in. he plays Darwin in yeah. today, for instance, and then Darwin has the shot and it falls to Jota and Exactly, he's
1: not always going to be playing the final pass, but he's the one like breaking the lines with his pace and running forward and and creating, creating danger and that. So, yeah, um, I think like the the stats actually mean a lot more than just the basic assist. You know, it's it's like um, it's all like that chances, big chances created and all of that stuff. That's a more like reliable number. Than mm-hmm. just the fact, oh look, Johnny Evans has got one assist and Sobersly's got none. <laughs> just, just shut up. Just shut up. Those stats are Do you know only what I like? they're only worth mentioning when it's something like allison has got more goals than Richarlison or something like that. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having yeah. that one, yeah. <laughs>
0: um You know what I like about him as well though, and you know how we were getting like overrun big time last year. And with Sobersly, it's not like you know, if we'll lose the ball and and teams are countering on us, it's not like he always wins the ball back, but he sure as fuck slows down the momentum of those attacks. He gets himself back into position really quickly, and he's harrying the guy on the ball, and then we have time to get everybody back, and it just completely kills the momentum of those counter-attacks, which we were getting absolutely killed with last year. And I think it's like an underlooked aspect of his game. He did it several times today, especially in the second half, when we did get a little bit sloppy.
1: Yeah, because he covers so much ground, doesn't he? That's the thing. Never mm-hmm. stops.
0: Yeah. All right. So, so, shall we move on to the to, to the goal then, Dan? It took it did take us half an hour to get it. We did have to be quite patient, and um, it came via the counter attack. to Darwin good interplay between those two again. Darwin gets a really good shot off. Keeper keeper saves it. Parries it out to Jota, who does the business. Now, I know you're a big fan of Jota. We um, talked about it on the pod a lot in midweek, but he's really coming through for us at the moment. Like he's he's putting the goals in. He's clinical with his finishing, high percentage conversion of chances. Just uh, really getting back to where he was uh, a couple of years ago in the almost quadruple season.
2: Yeah, it's a typical um, Diogo Jota goal, wasn't it? Um, just he really? just seems to know in the right the right place to stand. Um, the the ball comes straight to him. What's- it back and hit it into the floor as well um making it even more impossible for the goalkeeper to save. but he's got that lovely goal against Toulouse in, in midweek where he just jinked his way through and you know the, the foul the shout was was brought out you know the, the kind of the, the movement on it I get that entirely but yes he's got a very good hobbit uh, hobbit very good <laughs> habit of um standing in the standing in the right place um <laughs> The evidence that again today, and I've just completely screwed up my lines again there, haven't I? <laughs> I'm, I'm walking, talking, out He does look pirate, a bit like me, a really, hobbit. <laughs> you said that, not me. Um, I, I think yeah. you was looking at the start of the season, and, and he was the one who you was asking the most questions about, and I think he's answered them quite emphatically and um, rather insensitively. Um, to say to, to say it feels, but a lot more of questions seem to be about Diaz at the moment than than Jota. He's got himself where you'd probably think that he is probably the, the one of the, the first three names. You know, well maybe not first three, but certainly in that front three, you would think that he, he's he's mm-hmm. in it now, and it's up to everyone else to dis- displace him because he's putting the ball in the net, and that's what he's he's there to do.
0: But that's good though, right? It's, it's, it's always has been and it's always going to be, a, a, apart from when we literally just had the three of them, that time where we did we did have five, it's always like a fluid situation where the man in form is the man with the shirt and I don't, you know, I don't care who it is, Dave, as, as long as there are three of them that are playing well out of the five, it can only be beneficial for us.
1: Yeah, um, John B sent me a message during the game, like, you know, John's like king of the research. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've got, some, I've got some stats for
0: you to. For he's not project. necessarily the king. He's just the only. He's one. the only one who
1: does. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one of us who does research. He
0: does it really, really well, <laughs> but I wouldn't be calling
1: him a king. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair. Uh, but <laughs> he he sent me like a, a message like right at the end of the game, um, and he said, "The front five, I've got twenty eight goals between them already this season." And a minute later, like we we scored, like Gakpo scored, and I was like, mm. sent him out to twenty nine, and then I had to say, oh no, it's twenty eight because he got this allowed. But yeah, twenty eight so far for the front five. So I mean, I don't know what they're on pace for. That you think that's going to be like, it'd be around a hundred,
0: because we're only so ten games times that by almost four. So it's, yeah, it's about cup 100. games as
1: well. So fourteen games oh, we it's played. Cup games.
0: Okay, so that's two a game
1: so the yeah. <laughs> that's mad so the front five between them are averaging two goals a game so far so over the course of the season we're going to play 50 odd games so yeah they're on course for over yeah. 100 goals at this point point. and this is with like darwin's only just getting warmed up you know darwin's going to start becoming prolific it's been stop start so far um you know, you've got Bilbo Jota scoring pretty much every time he plays. <laughs> um, <laughs> like there today, he's like Frodo on the spot again, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but no, on that first goal, right, This is the, I said this to John like at half time. I was like, you know, um, like, Jota's like finish, obviously it's an easy goal. It comes out to him and he just puts it in. If that had have fell to Darwin, I'd have been nervous. I'd have been like, oh, don't fuck it up. Because it, it, those are the chances that, that Darwin's likely to miss. You know, when he ran through and he hit that shot, it was like a really good shot, a great effort. He'd had a couple of other efforts before that. He was looking sharp, looking lively. But if that Got a chance of the felt to Darwin. I'd have been like thinking, oh, there's a 50 50 chance he's not gonna score this. Because it's like when he's got like a little bit of time and it's it's the it's like me with the two foot putts it's like the ones you're expected to make, yeah. they're the ones you you know you, that, that that can go wrong. Um but he was just looking like so good, and like that was that was a I thought it was a decent save by the keeper. I know you two think he should have done better. Um I just thought it was a it was a good shot. Uh, going right across him, and Josh is just in, in the right place, um, yeah. as he as he often is, and he's never going to miss a chance like that. I mean, we, we spoke the other night about he's just the most clinical of all the forwards we've got. Um, but yeah, I mean, that goal had been coming. We, we'd had chances, we'd looked dangerous every every corner we had. And um, once the, the first goal was just going to be key to it, like once we got one, I I just Mm -hmm. didn't see Forrest ever scoring. And then if they had to come out and chase it a bit, they were were always going to get caught.
0: You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms. Whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean, just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary, and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats now for, for Darwin. Um, in his last. Like, so since Newcastle, he got two against Newcastle, and then he scored in the... Oh, he got an assist in the next game against Villa. Um, Nothing against Wolves. Then he scored against West Ham at home. He was on the bench for that Spurs game. Didn't come on. Um, He got an assist at Brighton. He got an assist against Everton, and he scored today. So he's contributing in sort of in every game he plays, really, with goals and assists. And he's got... How many has he got now all season? Like, he's got six goals in 13 games this season and five assists so yeah that's and they're not
1: substitute yeah, yeah. appearances or he plays for an hour mm-hmm. and but that's what I'm saying about him hasn't really got started because like with the international breaks and everything else it's just all been so stop start but he, he just needs just a, a run not just him you know that I think the whole team needs it but like we've had he, he's since he's come back from like the international break we had uh, the derby, then we've had the um like the Europa League game and then a game today. So like the last two games, he's got two goals and two assists in, in those two games. Yeah, I'm giving him the mm-hmm. assist for the one that came off the post because it is an assist, <laughs> whether whether like he meant it or not. So two goals, two assists in the two games. But this is what I'm saying, is like he's he's involved now, he's playing these games because it's not stop start. And I think that yeah. the next couple of weeks is, you know, he'll get into. Uh, he's well, he's already in a rhythm, but I do think he's going to yeah. start like banging in goals. But then we're going to have another international break, and then we come back and we play City in a fucking half twelve game, and um, it's just really frustrating that that we're having to deal with that. But I do think like he's getting, a, he's in a rhythm now, he's in a groove, because um, it's it's an all round game. It's not just the fact like that he's scoring. And that's like yeah, so much of what he's doing now is not what he was doing. You know when his confidence wasn't there last season. You know he was a he was a bit like he was so hit and miss with like his his link up playing that wasn't he. You know he he could be like clumsy sometimes. He'd be like the ball gets stuck under his feet or he'd be like falling over and stuff. And now it's like everything he does is just crisp, like it. There's the right weight on all the passes that he's playing. He's dribbling mm-hmm. and he just yeah. looks like just confident, relaxed now. And that's the difference. He's it's just he's relaxed. He's not on edge all the time. I think today was
0: the the best example of that that I've seen so far this year. He just looked completely at one with himself and had a, had a really good game. Got his goal. Um, Dan, did you expect him to put in in, even though it was two yards out?
2: Uh, yes, um, he is a bit of a, a footballing box of chocolates, but um, he is. Do the impression. He, he wasn't going to. Oh no no no! All of my impressions must be of a, a certain persuasion. Career. <laughs> um, it's All right. It, it, I, I but I thought he was going to score on Thursday as well. And let's be honest, that was an absolutely appalling miss after he'd done so well. Um, but we were talking about this kind of preamble, weren't we? And he, he did have to adjust um, to the ball from from Slade. It, it wasn't the easiest finish in the world, and it was it was lovely to see it go in because the, the lads playing really well. D- Dave's not just blowing smoke. Um, you know, he he is playing very very well um he keeps getting interrupted by all these jabroni international breaks which are getting on my nerves um as they always do but the, the the next international break we have that very big game at the city all to play between then and and kind of before we, we know we'll be in that busy festive period and darwin is going to do really well i, I i'll be completely honest with you chris i have always been a, a big admirer of him um i, I wanted us to sign him when he when he tore us to shreds around field So yeah, I I did think he was going to score, but as, as Dave's already said, he's very pleased for him because he's taken a lot of stick, not just on this podcast from certain people. Uh, but from some of the, the chip in our beds, as, as Dave calls them. They were the moms, same
1: people, funnily um, enough.
2: <laughs> you know, shit Andy Carroll and all that. It's just, if, if you're that unintelligent and that unknowledgeable about football, to not be able to see that there's legions of difference between the two players. I mean, I don't think Andy Carroll's been able to run at any speed, never mind the speed, Nunes eats up the pitch. So, yeah, I'm kind of getting as... as as Dave does here but yes yeah, so I'm very happy with Darwin and I'm very pleased for him and long may these, these goals continue I, I actually really liked his goal on Thursday that was some finish that on Thursday it was emphatic yeah uh, let's, hmm. let's have a bit more of that um, I don't think he'll play midweek against Bournemouth um, I do think he'll he, he might be able to beat up on Luton in a, next Sunday so I'm playing with fire because I've talked about that game twice now 1-0 loss incoming <laughs> Nunes red card
1: he got the shit the Carol <laughs> chant today as well, you know.
2: Don't know he you did, but it, it, it was, it was quite much, small.
1: Yeah, but it was from yeah. that, like, bizarre header. When, yes, <laughs> he, yeah. I don't know what he was even thinking there. But, yeah, so he does that, like, really shit header, and then Forest fans are singing that. I'm like, ah, oh, you're singing that, but he's already scored, and he set one up against you, and now's not the time, lad. It's like, you know, if he's having a stinker. It's that up, Midlands bantamish thing now, isn't it? But you you've got to have some awareness, surely, and and they just obviously didn't have it.
0: They don't know people from that part of the country,
1: the yeah. flyover
0: part. At least Nottingham has something going for it, other than fucking Leicester. Don't get me started on, <laughs> don't, don't Lester, start by the way. on Leicester again. Oh no, please <laughs> do <laughs> They're flying. No, no, no. They, they're
1: going to be back next season. So yeah, I'll have um, another go at them the next year. Yeah. Two
0: opportunities to have a go at them. So I'll, I'll, I'll bide my time on that. Um,
1: just on Darwin's goal, though, just a, a quick one on that. I actually thought it was an own goal. Where where I'm sitting, I couldn't see it had come off. And the defender's reaction made it look like he'd put it in, in the net. So I didn't celebrate as much as I normally would. And it was mm-hmm. only when I seen Darwin over by the corner flag, I'm like, oh, well, he's actually claiming that. It must have come off him. But, um, yeah, I couldn't even see it. So I feel like a little bit cheated at the moment there. I didn't get to, yeah. didn't get to go
0: mad about it. Because you can't rely on George for any confirmation in those circumstances either, can you? No, I, he gives yeah, own goals to our players. He all does. The
1: time. <laughs> He's worse than me. <laughs> but you know what George did today? And like me and John both just looked at each other like, oh no, George. He called. He called Forest. He called him Notts Forest. I was like, oh, that away end, they're gonna be fucking fuming. They don't like being called nuts <laughs> it's, it's Nottingham. It's like Notts County and Nottingham Forest. But, yeah, they hate it when people call them Knott's Forest. And you think, like, George has been in that shop for so long. He, surely, like, he knows that. So it's like, is he trolling them there? Has he done that, like, deliberately to wind them up? But, uh, yeah, Knott's so.
0: Forest. <laughs> nice. You must have been buzzing off that Darwin um, overhead kick thing. Too,
1: oh yeah, uh, I, the thing with because like I've seen enough of him, I knew he was going to do it. As soon as anyone else, you'd think no, they're just going to bring the ball down and like lay it back to someone on the edge of the box. But because it was Darwin, and like the ball bounced, and I'm like, oh, he's, he's going to do an overhead kick here, and then he did it. And like, I mean, you're never really going to score from there, but it wasn't far off. Like he's only about a yard over the bar. He's like no. he's got all of it. It's a good effort, but yeah, that was just pure Darwin, wasn't he?
0: The full experience. Yeah. Um. So Dan, we're 2-0 up at halftime. I I think after that, the game kind of became a little bit of a of a non-event. Really, we started the second half slowly. Forest sort of um, came out of their shell a little bit as they, as they had to. Made a few substitutions. Um. We saw the big lad up front come on, but that wasn't until twenty minutes to go. Um. I don't know, really. It, it, was, it was just kind of a quiet second half. It really did feel like that we were trying to see, out, see things out, as Dave said earlier, without expending too much energy at this stage of the season.
2: Yeah, it was energy conservation, wasn't it, Chris? There was, there was no kind of pressure on us to do anything. The pressure was on Forest, and we were like, well, we'll take 2-0. If they want to come on to us and have a go, then we'll ping them on the break. We did threaten that a couple of times later on. There was one spectacular... Uh, foul. It was, it was quite late on him. Uh, I think it was uh I can't remember the, the name of the lad in midfield. Um he, he booted uh, I think it was it was Darwin. I think Darwin was away and he he just scythed him down to stop the counter Um so yeah it was just a case of let's get through the game and it looks like we've had no injuries, no suspensions, despite Alexis McAllister getting booked yet again <laughs> another one. <laughs> another one to, for the, the scrap. But but again I blame Jurgen for it because Jurgen keeps putting wait, there, uh, even
1: though. Wait, it's... wait, 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 wait! You you don't blame Mr. Kavanagh? <laughs> you're you telling well, me you're not blaming Mr. Kavanagh for that.
2: <laughs> I, 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 I thought I thought he was dread. I thought he was dreadful it. I thought it was, was fine, really fine.
1: compared to what we normally um, see. That I, once again. He's not perfect, but overall that was like that was an okay referee in performance. There's not a problem at all with that. But you have just got this thing about referees. Well, You're a I didn't, realize, I didn't even realise
2: I didn't even realise who it was. So after six minutes when more Salah's in the TAS mission getting shot That's choked the linesman though, no That's right in front
1: of the linesman. Whilst, where...
2: whilst, whilst that's true, like I, I didn't realise that Salah was just gonna be another victim of the Nottingham submission machine. <laughs> You know, like Forest players <laughs> are trying to swap, swap shirts mid-match, and nothing got given. I went apoplectic at that. I was furious at that decision. <laughs> and then later in the game, there was a soft one where Salah was being fouled, but not half as much as, as he was being fouled over there. And he he come across and, and blew his whistle. So it's just it's the it's the, inconsist- the yeah, inconsistency no inconsistency like, that uh, gets me, Dave. And you want inconsistent with the, battles, the game. What was that? Sorry, picky battles. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I, yeah, my, if you're gonna battle... get angry
1: over every refereeing decision, you're gonna be in a permanent <laughs> state of rage. I just save it for the ones what, what are actually you know the, the the genuinely costly horrendous decisions because there's so many of them. I I would happily have him referee all of our games for the rest of the season because he's had this one and I think he had the Villa one. Um, it was either Villa or mm. West Ham. It was one of those two. And again, you were kicking off about them, Dan. And I'm like, fucking hell. I would love refereeing performances like that in every game compared to what we're normally getting. You know, this fella is like nowhere near. Like, because they, he might not get everything right, but with him, I think the difference is if he gets something wrong, I don't automatically think he's doing this deliberately to fuck us over. I just think, OK, he's got that wrong. I've got no suspicions about him, whereas other referees, I've definitely got suspicions about. This fella, I just I, yeah, let him referee all of our games. I've probably jinxed it Dave, now next think, time he referees, Dave. but he's he's been so much better than other refs.
0: Dave, do you think there might actually be a correlation, though, between um, solid refereeing performances and Liverpool winning 3-0 or 3-1 at home, do you think?
1: I thought you were going to say a correlation between solid refereeing performances and referees with hair. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't see where you were going that there. I, th- I thought it was going to be yeah, a bald mank ref jab. Um, obviously, that helps, because there's, like, there's no reason to be like complaining about anything, but... Um, no, I just mm-hmm. think maybe it's it was a relatively easy game for him. He's not had any major decisions to make, but it it, it doesn't make it all about him. That that's all I say. You know, he, he's he's trying to just referee, and yet he did let some things go, but he also let them go for us as well. He was trying to let the game flow. Now yeah. you can't let that one on Mo in the first half go. That that's you've got to you've got to blow the whistle there, But at the same time, the linesman's like three yards away, looking right at it, and if he doesn't give it. The referees may be thinking, all right, you know, he's got a good view of it. Maybe Salah was backing in and that's what's caused it. Like, it's it's a bad decision, but that's more on the lines than anything else. And I just think overall, he was he was pretty good. Even like the McAllister booking, I feel it was a little bit harsh, but he, I can totally understand why he did it. And there was one of the Forrest bookings which I thought was a little bit harsh as well. But generally speaking, you know, you're not going to get... Every single decision right, and I'll take that kind of yeah. performance all day.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's, fair. that's um, fair. Dan, Dan, we um, we were relatively comfortable. There were a couple of moments for Forrest in the second half, namely the volley that hit the underside of the bar. Lovely strike, really mm-hmm. unlucky to to not bounce in the net there. Um, if the game goes to two one, maybe we get a little edgy, a little bit nervous. Uh, thankfully, that wasn't the case. And then we and then we put the bed. I think it was from a Forest long throw. And it's headed out to Soboslai who just twats it forward um, towards Mo. And, I mean, I know you like to talk about goalkeepers, but the defender lets it bounce. The goalkeeper has clueless what to do. Salah puts it into an empty net. How did you see that situation uh, as part of the goalkeepers' union?
2: Um, for me, there looks to be a lack of communication. The keeper has made a good, strong start to come and get that, so he should probably follow through with it. But I'd need to look back back at who's said what. But when the goalkeeper's there, he should just deal with it, to be honest. If you've come up that far out of your goal, there's nothing to lose by sticking it in the corner, you no know, back where it's come from or, or wherever. But when that happens it looks completely ridiculous and it, it did. Um I, I couldn't believe that it had happened, but at the same time it was so transparent that it was going to It was. I thought that yeah. was going to happen, or I thought it was going to bounce up and the goalkeeper was going to give a free kick away. I don't think it would have been a red card because there was cover, but um, yeah, that's what I, that's the, the alternative. To, but it, it was so obviously going to go wrong, and I can't put my yeah. finger on why you just knew what was going to happen. I think the goalkeeper. Just, I think it was
0: an awkward ball. It was like a really, it was in a really awkward position for both of them. You know, like it just kind of like do do we hit it? Do we let it bounce? That it was precisely between the two of them. Uh, And um, yeah, it went badly wrong. The keeper needs to
1: just stay where he is and let the defender head it back to him. As soon as he comes out, the defender's like dealing with that and then the defender gets a shout because he leaves it. Uh, So the keeper comes running out, he gives him a shout and then the keeper just is all over the place, doesn't even get the ball. And you can see as soon as it goes in, the defender's like screaming at the keeper because he, he obviously had a shout from him. But he's got no business running out there. But you could see it coming a mile off because the defender didn't see the goalkeeper. And I thought what was going to happen was he was going to try and edit back to him. And then the keeper's not there and Mo's going to run through and score. So that didn't quite happen because he got a shout, so he left it. But as soon as the goalkeeper come running out like that, you knew, oh, there's, there's trouble here you know something's going to happen mm-hmm. and and it did it's like just and we didn't really do much in the second half and we've just got that like present which killed the game completely because as you said if Forrester had got back to 2-1 you never know what happens then but so the third goal was was vital cuz that just completely kills it but we weren't really pushing yeah. to get that especially like after the substitutions um like when Darwin went off specifically not just, I'm not just saying that because he's my boy but I felt like bringing him <laughs> off was a kind of a statement of like, you know, and then Harvey goes in the front three and it was like, okay, we're just seeing this out now, we're not actually like pushing to get another goal Um, I, that, that was the message that, that I got from that and then uh, and that's how the game played out really we weren't really doing a great deal like uh, in attack anymore Um. But we didn't need to because at 3 0, you know, that's it. Like, it's just game over, isn't it?
2: Can I just Mm -hmm. jump in there and be a complete bastard and say that um, the hit the bar at at, at 3 0?
1: I did think that, but I wasn't sure. Oh, really?
0: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: But I did think, (laughs) though, like, the way the game had started to go, Forrest all of a sudden seemed to be getting on the ball a little bit more than he were, and it didn't translate to chances, but you could feel okay, there's a little bit of a a shift here and they're starting to think, okay, we might get something. And then they start making like attacking substitutions as well. So if they had a score at 2-0, you know, it suddenly gets a bit edgy. So... Yeah, the third goal was was vital. And once that went in, that was it. It didn't matter what Forrest did after that. And they did nearly score, as you say. They hit the bar. Uh, I think it was a Langer again. Had another chance, another volley, similar position. And he totally fucking Hmm. ballooned it into the top tier of the car. He had a decent
0: chance in the first half as well. Yeah. Um, And I was getting worked up at um, that point because I love McLean sheets. Yeah. (laughs) You do. You got it in the end, though. That's fair enough. Um, Dave... It's it's another goal for Salah. Um, More often than not, even if it's late in games and we're winning and it looks pretty comfortable, he just gets himself on the score sheet. It happened in midweek. Apparently now he's the first. He's only the third player in our history to score in the first five home games at Anfield in the league. They didn't mention the club. Didn't mention who the other two are. Uh, I I think we can all probably speculate on that. Um, I don't know, but I'm going to piss you off here. And I just saw a tweet from a guy called Michael Reed that's been widely retweeted, so I hope it's true. And it says, "If Luis Diaz's goal versus Spurs hadn't been incorrectly ruled out for offside, Mo Salah would have now broken the record for consecutive Premier League appearances with at least one goal or assist. 16. The current record is 15, held by Jamie Vardy and Salah himself." <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs>
1: <sighs> Yeah, that, that game's going to take a lot of getting over. It, every time I look mm-hmm. at the table and see Tottenham at the top, it really fucking bothers me. They're in a totally right. false position. There should be an asterisk next to that. Uh, I like, that is <laughs> that the should. only reason why they're top. There should be an asterisk. I don't care what anyone says there should yeah. be. They're in a false position. Because they'd have position. three less and we'd
0: have three more. Yeah.
1: They do not deserve to be top of the table, and it, they've had like yeah. such an easy run. They've had by far like the easiest run of fixtures, so they're in a false position there. Anyway, they're not going to stay there. We all know that, but yeah, I'm just getting like really pissed off with with Spurs at the moment, uh, and and it stems from that. And I, I wasn't their fault what happened. It's just their reaction to it. You know, they've they've just like really yeah. pissed me off, like the way their fans have reacted and the shit the manager came out with, and I nah, just fuck Spurs. You're know not a big fan of Big Ange, are you? No, you, ha- you haven't really no. had
0: a say about this on the pod so far. You've been writing about it in your roundups every week. Don't but trust you've... him. No. Something off about you've him. really taken a.
1: There's something off about him. Like, he, he won't what look you people in the is? eye. Watch him in his interviews. He looks at the floor all the time. There's just yeah. something off about him. And then there's the whole embracing the, the Robbie Williams thing as well. Like, that's, that's a red flag. But no. That's this... a good
0: song, though, to be honest, man.
1: Oh my god. Angels
0: is a classic. Oh my god. What's wrong with Angels?
1: Oh my god <laughs> This is well <laughs> this is shocking.
0: Mate, as a as a guy who embraces like five, they're yeah. your favourite band, basically. They're not my favourite bon band Jovi. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I created myself. <laughs> Third favourite. But you're b you're a huge fan of nineties boy band pop though, to be fair to you.
1: Yeah, but no, Robbie Williams is just no. I'm appalled by that. That's a good song. It's feedback.
0: not. Dan, what do you reckon about this? Are you a, are you on board with Robbie Williams' Angels as a classic pop song or not?
2: Angels is a is a good song. Yes. Do do I welcome its presence at a football match? Probably not. Do I welcome it for Big Ang and his bloody poxy two-one win against? 18 men, because that's how it felt. That match felt and still feels like a 2000 WWE match, um, where you had he, Vince McMahon as the special guest referee, Shane McMahon as the, the special guest timekeeper, <laughs> and Anthony Taylor as special guest linesman, and but get Howard Webb to, to do to be the other special guest linesman, special guest timekeeper, the... <laughs> Graham Paul or Ferguson. whoever, you know, it's yeah, Ferguson, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that's how it, it felt. M- Mourinho can be the special guest ring announcer, uh, so yeah, I'm not over that match either. Um, right. It's still one of the most scandalous things I've ever seen. And whilst there's going to be a lot of eye rolling from you two here, it's made me distrust referees even more.
1: Well, oh, certain referees, yeah, but you know, the, it's the, here's the problem I've got with it now it's forgotten about no one's asked and nothing's changed those those people are back doing the jobs after one week off curtis jones is still (laughs) suspended and like still not playing he's back now like but um Mm -hmm. nothing changed after that it was like that happened and then nothing's changed the same people are still in positions and we got screwed tottenham's top of the league and and it's like everyone's moved on and if if yeah. anyone mentions it, it's like, oh, you stop going on about it.
0: Merlin's guy yeah, it's. But so by the same token, you look at you look at like um, Burnley getting their asses handed to them yesterday, massive screw job, and like a month ago, Vincent Company was just saying you got to suck this thing up. So like, yeah. there was a chance. There was there really was a chance for yeah. um, clubs to come together and demand an improvement in standards, demand an to imp- d- demand changes to VAR, but they basically just you know, shit out of it, short-sightedly. Yeah. And now other people are getting screwed from it. We'll probably be all right from this point on, to be honest. Like, I don't think people will fuck us over that badly again just because of what happened previously. I think we'll probably end up getting more favourable decisions in big games than we would have got previously. But there was a real chance for wholesale change there. It didn't happen, mainly because the other clubs just was like, oh, yeah, sorry, Skys, you have to suck this thing yeah. up. So good luck living with that. Yeah. What um, Sean Dice was doing. I mean, you and then last
1: week he's he's fucking screaming blue murder about like one decision. Yeah. One like borderline decision that could go either way and he's talking about it like it's the fucking biggest injustice like it was like the great train robbery or something it's like hang on a minute that was just a decision that could have gone either way and you're like making a big thing of it and then loads of people jumped on the bandwagon and were talking about it I'm like fucking hell what happened to us only got like a little bit more publicity than that it was just that that mm-hmm. thing went in the derby those things happen every single game of football and yet they were trying to make out that that was like something outrageous and you know i'm like you cheeky bastard the way you were one of those who was saying yeah these things happen you've just got to accept it and move on and then the next thing like one decision goes against them and he's like he's he's giving it all that and it's fucking players as well
2: everton (laughs) out not it?
0: yeah hey
2: and ball etc
0: do you know what cracks me up though um before we started today uh we were watching the everton game in in our place and um, my wife doesn't get that animated about like, footy from time to time uh, at, at all, really. But she fucking hates Pickford with a passion. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, that fucking it's horrible prick!" Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, she just absolutely hates." It. I think she's like, he's like her most hated person on the planet involved in any sport whatsoever. She's like, oh, that fucking Pickford really got, grinds my gears, man. And he was she an tried. horrible bastard today as well. But like, that Everton's win today probably ends your. Ends your dream for another year, right, Dave?
1: No, it goes with what I said the other night as well. I think you could take 12 points off them and they would still finish above the three newly promoted teams because the yeah, three of are, them are 15, fucking shocking. I genuinely do think that like Everton, even with a 12-point deficit, would still... They'd still finish fourth from bottom, but the, mm. those three teams are so bad. Um, they might not even get 12 points. They're, they're just awful, the three of them. And Everton are obviously... Sean Dyche knows what he's doing. He's the perfect manager for a club in their desperate situation. He just knows how to, to be down at the bottom and, and do enough to, to just get results. Um, yeah. You know They've won today, but, and that's one of those where I don't think West Ham can play twice a week. They've had enough experience with it. They should be able to, but I think they struggle. Newcastle are struggling with it. Brighton are struggling with it a little bit, so you know the the Thursday Sunday thing it just affects teams in different ways. And West Ham were obviously like flat yeah. today, and Everton are, they, they know how to defend; they're no pushovers. Right,
0: another good win for Villa though. They're only a point behind us, played having played the same number of games. So, have you revised your opinion on Unai mm-hmm. Emery being there? Uh...
1: No, I do think he's a good manager. I don't, I don't think I think Villa are a bit of a fraud team. I don't think they're like what everyone makes them out to be. But he's obviously. A good manager. Look at the difference he's made in them since he came in. Um, I mean, but I don't think they'll stay where they are. Him, Again, they they've had like quite an easy run of fixtures as well. Uh, once the tough games come around, well, we'll we'll see how they do then. The one thing I will say about Villa is they're handling like the Thursday Sunday thing much better than other teams are. So, you know, mm-hmm. got to give them credit for that.
2: Yeah, but for are only playing FC Dog and Duck. Yeah, but still it. it's the
1: travelling. It's not the difficulty of the opponents, Dan. It's just, it's like the the, the travelling that you go into like the middle of nowhere on a Thursday night, and then you're coming back and you're playing on Sunday. It's fine if you're used to that and you've got a big squad. But Villa are playing like a strong team in those games as well. I think that might catch up with them in the end as well.
2: I won't call Birmingham in the middle of nowhere, but I take your point.
1: No, I'm just talking about when they're doing away games
0: in in the Europa League, right? Or are they in the conference? They're in the, they're they're the in conference. conference. Yeah. Conference League right 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 okay so um, any other observations from today Dan
2: uh, clean sheet uh, I was doing a little dance on my way out about that because uh, said on this podcast before that I'm, I'm sick of conceding first and we've seen to have cut that out since the international break um, the, the 14th of the season before we have our 15th so I'm, I'm really glad to I mean again you know like, did, did we have much to do today against Forest no of course we didn't Forest I'm not forest weren't looking to to score. They were Forest were playing for 0 nil, but we, we we were very very comfortable in that. We were very very comfortable against Everton as well. So that's two home games in in a week where we've shut out the opposition and not really looked like conceding. So I'm I'm all for that. Um, that's something that I want to keep up momentum wise. Um, again, I thought Virgil looked really good against kind yeah. of physical yeah, opponents. You know, and. and that was always how Forest were going to play, and again, I'm I'm not being disrespectful to them. Um, they, they were going to go long, and we we handled that well. For Kanata was was good, and we we were defending inside our inside the Forest half. We? That's that's where we was up to. Um, I like think Costas was sloppy again. I think he needs to really get a bit of a run of form going. I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because it, you know he, he's been Robbo's understudy for two years. You know he, he's not really played enough football to, to warrant being in a good run of form, but I would certainly play him at Bournemouth on, on Wednesday, which I'm sure we'll come on to later, later on, um, just mm-hmm. to try and see if we can play him into some form, because he's, he's not in it currently. He, he looks like the weak link at the moment. Um,
1: I, didn't think, I thought he was better today than he was. Yeah, he, he wasn't
2: before. he wasn't terrible, but I, I don't think that... I, I, I just want to see more from him, because I, I know there's more, though we've seen it. Um, yeah. I just feel like he's not playing to the level that he can currently. Uh yep. is it a big problem with the way we play with this box midfield and, and Trent going in there that kind of the left back doesn't get forward as much as 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 they used to and it's not as integral to our play. Um so it's not really a huge problem. Um but I would like to see more from, from Costas. But yeah, the, the the big thing for me, Chris, is three points, no problems, no injuries. And uh, again, I'll say
1: it because I can't get enough of it. Clean sheet. I I yeah. think um, I want to talk about Trent actually because looked like Trent enjoyed himself today. I thought he had a good game. We spoke about his role and whether we're convinced by it or not. And you know, I, I still I still do have this like nostalgia about like seeing him at right back and what he was doing there. Um, and hopefully at some point we will see that again. You know, it's it's a good option to have. But I thought he. Uh, he did a lot of nice things today. He thought he looked like he was enjoying himself. Um, again, now. I don't think he had like a massive influence on the game, but I thought he played well. And maybe this is, you know, this is just how it's going to be now. It's like the one on the ball in that centre back position. Right? He's not, he's not even really in midfield anymore. He's more like just Kanata goes over to right back and Trent gets on the ball there. But I, I just liked uh, that he was able to get away from people a few times, a little shimmy, and then went past them and once you do that it just opens things up for other people you know Dom's obviously really good at that Trent did it a few times and um, yeah I liked watching him today thought, thought he looked he looked in good form uh, I didn't think Costas was bad today I thought Costas was better than he was and also uh, you got to take into account who he was up against uh, like Forrest's best player is Gibbs White he's a really really good player him I like him um, so Costas is having to deal with him, yeah. so he's not getting forward as much. Um, okay, yes, yeah, so I, I thought Costas was fine today. I think it was a step in the right direction. Um, so if we want to go on to the the cup game then, and, and what we think, you know, he's going to play in that, I'll start with Costas. Maybe playing for an hour, but I, I definitely wouldn't be wanting to overplay him because I think we need to protect him a little bit because we don't know if like. I suppose it'd be Gomez would be next in line because uh, we don't know whether Luke Chambers would be up to play in Premier League football yet. We need to have a bit more of a, a look at him in the cups. Um, but I, I would I, see because we're playing on Wednesday, so we're doing Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. If you wanted to, you could pick your, your entire first team on Wednesday if you wanted to do it. I don't think we will, but I think we might go stronger than people maybe think. Maybe like six or seven starters and then you're bringing in the likes of Gomez, Endo, maybe, Harvey, Curtis might come back in. I don't think we're going to see like kids and a load of changes. I don't think we'll do that on Wednesday. So maybe Costas to start
0: and then Chambers to come on for the last half an hour or something. Can I just come back to today a little bit? Because there's a couple of points I want to pick up on that you both made. Firstly, on Trent, Dave. Yeah. I mean, like, are we in a situation, we've we've debated the merits of whether we're getting the best out of him in this position. But I think what we can say is that we are negating the worst of him, certainly, and yeah, right. um, by exposing him at right back. So do you think that maybe we're not getting as much out of him offensively as we possibly could, but by negating what he was costing us from a defensive point of view, it, it might be like a net positive type situation?
1: Yeah, but you know, I was thinking about this. The thing that doesn't really add up is like he's still technically, when we haven't got the ball, he's still playing right back. But I don't, I'm not like tactically aware enough to to understand why. But nobody's getting at us down that side anymore. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's to do with that that change or if it's to do with the midfield now and we're, we're pressing much better and teams have not got as much time to pick that pass into the channel but because like remember it was like every game the opposition all they were focusing on was getting in down that channel like behind Kanate when Trent's up the pitch and and like then obviously yeah. Trent in midfield well that still shouldn't really change the space in that channel he's not at right back is he? he's not like he's sitting in in, in a four so that space should still be there in theory, but no one's getting in down that side anymore. We seem to have like closed right. that off, and I don't know how we've done that. And like Trent's not really having to defend much, which is just weird. And I just think it's maybe we're just a better team now. We're just controlling games better and restricting yeah. opposition to not let them do that. But I don't know exactly why it is. It's like you not know, above my pay grade.
0: And Dan, on Virgil, like you mentioned, he was good again today. And I thought so also. And I thought he was really good last week. I think um, this is the first time I've had a chance to say this on the pod, but I think he looks really deadly focused this year. Like he's cast aside all of the bollocks. He looks like he is back in business and laser focused on doing a job. Uh, and he's doing it really, really well. Today he did it well against physical forwards last week as well. Um What do you attribute that to? Do you attribute it to an uptick in form from him or the fact that he's getting more protection from the midfield now or a little from column A a little from column B?
2: Column A, column B, uh, I would say column C as well Chris which is is the club captain now and I don't think that um, Virgil van Dijk will be under any illusions. Uh, despite the fact that he might have been saying publicly last season that I don't deserve the criticism that I'm getting, he will have known that the performances he was putting in last season at times were below his level. Um, so I think he might have kind of accepted it. Obviously, publicly his image will be different, but privately he may well have accepted that he he, he was below where he should be last season. Um, so And his, his form has improved. So I think it, I think it's all of those, but certainly there's, there's more protection in midfield. And there's so much more en- the, the energy and enthusiasm we have in midfield now. Um, I, I still think there's plenty of question marks about McAllister. We've we, we not really discussed him that much today, um, but you can do that so when you win three. Do you think he well, played today? Well, when you win three 0 you can kind of like ignore the yellow card, and, and you know, like largely he played quite well. Um, again, I, I do think that he he. He looks like the one who's going to get dispossessed and and cost us um a goal but no no real complaints about how he played i i just feel like he's wasted where he is i think we could use his talents further forward Mm -hmm. um and then you you know you've got a question like why does endor not start Uh, but we're going down rabbit holes here which we've been discussing other podcasts Mm -hmm. i'm sure endo's time will come to start again he's another one i expect will play on wednesday but but um yeah. yeah, on Van Dyke, yeah, much improved. And I think the, the way we're playing, and I think he's gone up a level, knowing that he's the club captain, I think he's kind of gone up a level. And that's good, you know, like that's to kind of taking personal responsibility. I'm, I'm glad to see that. And I think it's uh, really important that he, he wants to lead by example, and, and he is doing currently.
0: Good stuff, Dan. Um, on McAllister, Dave, um, he's, he's adapted to this role. I mean, we can talk about how, how well he's done it. But he's, he has done it with zero complaints. The thing I noticed today, above all else, is that I feel like he's itching to do more. <laughs> he wants yeah. to get forward. He wants to get shots off. Like, he's absolutely playing within himself right now. And if we're judging him on his performances in the six, we're not really doing justice to what we're eventually probably going to see from him if we get Andre in or if we get another six in or whatever. And then it's him and Dom in those positions, uh, the, the two number eights. Like, that's a... in enthralling prospect for me
1: Yeah, I thought he played well today uh, I, I, I'm kind of with Dan in the sense sometimes when the ball gets played into I am like wincing a little bit thinking, oh, is he going to get caught from behind or something here, he's going to get dispossessed but he didn't, he played well Didn't I don't remember him losing the ball much um, good passing just got about the pitch well uh, the booking's just one of them things I mean, if you play in that position Feel like you're going to pick up a lot of bookends because it's your job to stop counter attacks like that. So, um, and and I did think the bookend was a little bit soft, Um, but no, good performance. Uh, I want to see him playing further forwards, but I've wanted that for like what two three months, (laughs) and it's not really happened. He's he's just in the six at the moment, and I I can't really see that changing uh, until, you know, possibly if if Andre comes in in January, and even then. They might take him. Might take him a while to get up to speed. Anyway, so we might see McAllister play in this position for the next, you know, three four months or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope not. I, yeah. I really, I'm really keen to see him play in the position that we bought him for. And I think so it's I'm a really. little bit unfair of him because he's had a tough time of it, adapting to that position. But like I say, he's done it without complaint. So. Good for him. Um, so, anything else you guys want to touch on about today before we do have a brief look at Bournemouth away on Wednesday night? Eh, uh, nothing springs to mind now. Mm.
2: Just place for place of the Forest fans for the um, justice for the ninety-seven banner before the game.
1: I didn't even see that, but they were good last season as well. To be fair, yeah. which so is they should a, be it's like a complete about face from them because they were knobheads for so long, and it's like the pennies finally dropped, and they've <clears throat> they've been really good the last couple of games. Mm, Which is That FA Cup
0: game last year when they left the 97 seats unattended was really nice as yeah. well. So, yeah. credit where it's due there. Um, so, moving on to midweek, Bournemouth away in the League Cup. Um, I guess it depends how strong Bournemouth go in this one as well because they're fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. They're probably not going to play their first 11. Um, Dan, I think probably with what we can put up out compared to what they're going to put out, it should be a relatively comfortable night for us
2: you would think so chris um i think you just touched upon kind of what me and dave were talking about earlier um before you joined which was i, I don't see bournemouth taking that game too seriously they've got far bigger fish to fry they're perilously close to the relegation zone although they had a, a good win against Burnley yesterday that is a, a big win for them um with that in in mind i think that they will rotate quite heavily and we will rotate heavily also but we've obviously got the better squad so it's a great chance to get your your Kellehas a run of, 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 um, of form so Kelleher, endo um get cody kakpo back up to speed um think that it's a a real opportunity like in the past when it's been like laser focus on the champions league and the, the premier league i've kind of been a bit guilty of viewing the, the league cup as a bit of an inconvenience but nowadays i see yeah. it as an opportunity for your fringe players your not informed players your kids a chance to to get them on the field as much as possible and certainly like keller for example you know the, the dude took a bit of a flack on uh, on thursday for their goal and you know rightly so it was what did you make a it's the goalkeeper's fault. The goalkeeper, he, he started to come and then changed his mind. And then when you do that, he, he started to retreat. Then you're in, in no man's land. And despite all that, the the Toulouse player just hit it hard. He's not hit it with any finesse. And it's gone straight through Callagher as well. The South, the Southampton game at the end of the last season is one which people like to kind of flag as well. It's like the dude's not played. He's not in, in form. You know, he's, he's not got any kind of, of match sharpness. So I, I kind of disregarded that one. But I, I want to see... I want to see Callagher um, playing in in these games, and I'm sure he will. Um, you know that that's the way he's, he's, his his career, Liverpool career is going. Is is the cup goalkeeper? Um, so yeah, we are going to rotate, and we should have way too much for Bournemouth, depending on how seriously they take it. But I, I don't I don't think you're going to see like the likes of Dom Solanke in in, in their team. I think they will want to have a. A clear run at the next league game I'm not entirely sure who that is but that will be the it's mad I city away It's so I was just going to say it, <laughs> it, it just, just come to, to mind yeah they're going to they're going to lose heavily next week no matter what so uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how, how they'll go but we, we will rotate and we still should have too much and if we don't have too much starting we should have too much off the bench
0: yeah I think I guess Dave it's impo- like obviously progression in a tournament that we've won more than anybody is um is important, but by the same token, we want to keep the, the squad involved. The whole, it's been talked about quite a lot recently, what Jota said about sort of how the runs in the lesser competitions have kept everybody involved and kept everybody sharp. I want to see that continue. Obviously, you know, I, I hated the Liverpool seasons where we meekly surrendered in the domestic cup competitions, even though they're not, you know, the primary goals. So hopefully we can, you know, put a team out on Wednesday that does a does a passable job and, and gets us through to the next round.
1: I think we'll go pretty strong. I think Bournemouth will go strong as well. I didn't know they were playing Man City next weekend, but that's even more reason for them to go all out against us. Um, it it always it just annoys me when like teams are like not taking the cup seriously, you know, because it's like, well, when are you ever likely to you know, if you've got a chance to, to to get to a final, maybe somebody like Bournemouth, why would they not go all out to do it? And yeah, I know, like they they're trying to fight relegation and stuff, but I don't see why you can't do both. It's not like they're playing in Europe. You know, it's different yeah. for like say West Ham, for example, who were playing in Europe and then if they if they rest players for the cup, and I think they did and I think they got knocked out, didn't they Um that's understandable to me, but it's not understandable when a team that's got nothing else going on. And the resting players for Cup games like Everton do it all the time. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You should be trying to win something, you know. You haven't won anything like since fucking Adam was a lad. 1995. Yeah, and then I, I just I don't get it. And so I think Bournemouth should go strong against us. And especially because they got Man City at the weekend, they're not getting anything from that game. So they, they may right. as well like try to it's a home game in the cup. They should go for it. Uh, and I think they will. But I also think we're not going to be putting out some like, you know, a, a scratch team with like three kids in there getting brought in. They'll be on the bench. Maybe get, like if the game's yeah. going well, you might bring some on. But I think looking at it, you'll go Kelleher in goal. Um, possibly Trent rested, but I wouldn't even be surprised if Trent started with Gomez and Matip centre-backs. Obviously, you've got Kwanzaa who could come in and Gomez could play right back. Um, I'd go that. I'd do that. I think it's, it's a toss-up. What happens there? I would not be the least yeah. bit surprised if Trent started. Costa uh, starting at left back for me, and then you maybe bring him off later on. As I said earlier, midfield Endo, Harvey Curtis for me.
0: Yeah,
1: and then <clears throat> forwards, um, Gakpo starting, and then I'm probably gonna start Mo, and I'm probably gonna play. Really? Yeah, yeah, but I think so. Uh, we don't know what's happening Why? with Diaz. I just think he'll play him because it's like Sunday, Wednesday. It's not that, and Mo's like just a supreme athlete. Um, he didn't, yeah. he didn't start last week, so it's not like he's played too many games. I think Mo will start, uh, and then the other position you're looking at it depends on what happens with Diaz. If he's not available, then you're making a choice between Jotter and Darwin to start on the left. Whoever starts, the other one comes on. Don't know whether Ben Doak will be back or not. Um, they've not really said anything about that. Just that he had like a slight muscle injury, which usually means like two months. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it's looking that way because you know it was like three weeks ago when he when he got injured. He's not played since. So yeah, I don't know. I'd like to have him back just because, apart from the fact, I like watching him play. It also allows you to, even if he's on the bench, it allows you to, to bring someone off after 65 minutes rather than them having to play a full game. So, yeah, I think we'll go a pretty strong team. And then hopefully, if you can get the game in hand, then you you can start making some changes then. You'll have probably like Chambers and McConnell on the bench. Um, depends who else is fit. If Doak's back, uh, Klopp name check Bobby Clark last week, but he's injured as well, so... Don't know whether he'll be back in time, uh, so it's probably just going to be like a really strong team with and probably the same squad that played today, and some of the players who were on the bench today will come in the starting lineup. But I think it's like mm-hmm. everyone who's involved today will will be involved in the squad on Wednesday. I don't think we'll be leaving Van Dijk at home and Salah at home. I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll be on the bench if if they're not starting. Uh, and yeah, I, I I think we'll win. I think we'll go through and keep the momentum going because it's going back to the Jotter thing again, but he's right, you know, It's it just it keeps everyone involved. And it's not just like a case of keeping the fringe players involved. It's also like, it's good for like the confidence of like, you know, the forwards are getting mm-hmm. goals all the time. That You know, they're not having to play 90 minutes in every game, but if they're getting an hour, like, you know, Darwin, for example, played an hour the other night and then he's played, what do you get today? Like, something like, 70 minutes something like that 75 maybe so you're not overplaying them but they're involved in every game which means they're getting mm-hmm. chances to score and create goals for teammates and stuff and they i just think everything's like they're all feeding off each other and that so yeah i, I like what we've been doing and i really want us to win because it's, it's not even at this point it's not even about wanting to win the cup i just want us to stay in the cup you know, and and then right. when you when you get to the latter stages, then you start thinking about winning it. I just want to stay in it at the moment because I think we it's it's good for us. It's you're getting like people games who are not necessarily. If you're only playing in the league and you've got a squad as big as ours, it's a problem because people are not getting minutes. Whereas this is a chance to you know the likes of Endo and Gomez and that you're getting them all involved and 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 you're able to rotate it around, mix and match. And I just think it's it's better for us. To, to be in this situation yeah. so really want to win that game on Wednesday
0: Right and if we win on Wednesday we're like two games well two ties away from Wembley as well mm-hmm.
2: so I was just going to say maybe the floodlights will go off at the Vitality Stadium on Wednesday and you'll just hear the Undertakers dong and the lights will come back on and Tiago will be finally fixed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see <I> go. <laughs> oh my God, he's not even oh, in training him. yet. It, Quarter of a million pounds a week. Yeah. Uh, every time he gets close, he just has another setback and he's out. It's like, yeah. you know, and Bajatic as well. That's frustrating because we really want to see him. You know the progress well, he made worrying, last year. As and, much as
0: it is frustrating.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those when like someone's out with a long term injury. And they come back and then they start picking up other stupid little injuries, mm-hmm. just the body just like trying to compensate for it and that. So I don't think it's anything serious that he's got. But again, it's it's just really frustrating because he was so good last year, I just wanted to see more of him.
0: Nice. Yeah, definitely I agree. Um so anything else you guys wanna add about today, about Wednesday, about other games that happened this weekend, namely Manchester United <laughs> getting smacked in the Manchester Derby yet again. Yeah. Um, before we call it a night,
2: we might as well mention that because I see that um, Manchester City got a, a dodgy penalty call from Michael Oliver, who just a few short weeks ago, as we well mm. know, had a business trip to the United Arab Emirates. Suspicious, mm. or not and suspicious? Didn't
1: send off Kovacic like the week after yeah. coming back as well.
0: And there was also one where he evened it out later in the game where. Um, Maguire was holding Haaland for about like five or six seconds in the penalty area and they didn't even call for the VAR. So but the game was already out of sight by then. So like you always say, Dave, like the only decisions that go against Manchester City is when it's irrelevant. Yeah. So
1: It is like last week, the the second booking that Akanji got. But, you mm-hmm. know, the the win in the game, it's late on in the game, they're already winning, but if they give these little decisions, it's like, well, look, you know, City had a player sent off harshly there. It never happens, like, at an important stage of any game, you know. And that, that's the funny thing, is, like, when we, we were complaining about, like, what happened at Tottenham, and you've got fans from all these other teams just, like, knobheads coming on, oh, yeah, but well, what about the handball we should have had, like, three years ago? You know, did we get that game replayed? Fans from all of these teams, everyone's chiming in, and then you've got Man City... Backing off through the hedge like Homer Simpson. Like, oh, yeah, we want no part of this because we've got no examples that we can give. We can't be given examples of being screwed because it never happens. And it's like, is that a coincidence? Is it fuck? I didn't even know Michael Oliver was the referee today. But again, if he's over there taking money and he's, it's like the, it's Man City's chairman is like the head of like the the FA over there who were paying those officials. So essentially those referees are getting paid by Manchester City's chairman and then they're being allowed to referee games involving Manchester City or involving teams who are like rivals to Manchester City. It's like, how is this even being allowed to happen? It's it's mental. It's mental that it's happening and it's not it's not being seen as a big thing. Even if there's no well, no corruption going on, even if there's there's nothing untoward, you cannot be seen for like the possibility that that, that there is. And it's clear that they're compromised by that. And yet here they are getting appointed to Man City games when they've
0: been taking money from Man City's chairman. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast on this by itself, but Mm -hmm. um, that's another thing for another time. You guys ready to wrap this up? Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say I need to get my boys involved in some of this uh, UAE action. (laughs) Because it's pretty easy. You buddy, do that you know? shit,
0: Dan Vito. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm still gutted I didn't get the Forest Gump impression from you, but yeah. I mean, that's another thing for another time. I have to well, so, that so,
2: so, someone asked me to do a De Niro um, on the gump. Mm, I, I feel like that's was. in the wheelhouse. Yeah. You talking to me? You talking to me? I'm the only one here. You must be talking to me. <laughs> that's not bad, that.
1: It's not good, That's an upgrade. <laughs> No, it's not bad, though, Dave. I definitely prefer The Godfather.
0: Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Um, So, Dan will be back with more impressions on a podcast (laughs) soon. Dave and I will be back after Bournemouth on Wednesday night. Um, Yep, thank you very much for tuning in. Another good win for the Reds. Again, our thoughts go out with the Diaz family. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, it will all be resolved. But um, until the next game, we will catch you soon.
1: best word I can say, but uh, will describe this, was
2: boom. <laughs> 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 Woo, what was this? It was really good.